that was so, so, so weird. The longest week in the NFL's history of existence has finally come to an end. Ladies and gentlemen, week 12 is in the books, and that means that it is time. Week 13 for the Sunday card right here on Sports Country Radio. And if you're listening on Spotify and Google Podcasts, thank you for joining us for week 13's edition Chris Raza, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Sobreth here with you, me, Dan Zampano, uh, speaking and getting ready for this slate because last week, last week was one of the weirdest weeks I can ever remember. We had uh, postponements, three postponements on one game. We had a team that had no quarterbacks. We had a crazy slate of very late witching hour motions where everything changed in the blink of an eye. I mean, it was one of the weirdest weeks. Matty Ice, we need we need this week. If it doesn't happen now, it'll never happen again. I Emph- need you to win. Emphasis on the ice. <laughs> it's been it's been just a, a, a I'm just taking a beating. I'm just taking an absolute beating. But I think I think I've hit. I hope I hope I've hit rock bottom. That's what I feel like right now because I'm kind of going into this week with it can't get any worse. We're already over ten. Took the last ten picks. It can only go up on the top of my notes here, right on the top of my uh, notebook that I start. First thing I wrote down: pick it up. So we're gonna we gotta pick it up this week. Pick it up. I can feel it. We're we're we're. We're picking ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we're getting back to work. This is a hard hat week this week, Chris. I am, I am. It's tough. It's tough. I feel good about having a winning week last week, finally. But Chris, I'm telling you, you too. Like, let's pick it up. That's. You know what? I was so happy. I just went two or three freaking lucked out getting the Seahawks at the minus five there. Now I'll take. I didn't even yeah, know yeah. that. That yeah, was the best of the move. <laughs> yeah, give me the best of number on that one. Give me a win. I didn't even know that that line moved until Monday, and everyone's freaking out. I'm like, what? It was minus five. Not knowing what to six and a half. And I'm like, yeah. I see that. I'm like, oh, that's why everyone's upset today. And Matt, I, I was telling you before we started, the law of averages is on your side now. You got. You're gonna start picking it up. It, it's just. It's the law. It's a law, and we're gonna follow the law. It is a law. <laughs> law and order. That is what rules this country, and we will have it. Listen, I mean. That is a perfect example, though, Chris, of why you need, if you like a dog and you're seeing a line move, you need to wait until that that night. I mean, you really do. Like, that was a quintessential. The Seahawks are one of the most public teams in America. They always get bet up by the public. And you know that, especially against a stinky Eagles team, which, Matt, you were right on uh, with it. Didn't know it was going to happen that way. But we're right on with it with the Eagles. We just didn't have the best of the number when we made the show. That's a perfect. Well, season. I'll say, imagine you know, even last night with with Baltimore. Imagine somehow you snipe the Eagles at plus six and a half, and you get at the last second, and then uh, Wednesday night Trace McSorley comes into the game <laughs> and throws a throws a nice pass to Hollywood Brown, and he takes it to the house. So all of a sudden. Those two games, if you're on Pittsburgh and Seattle, you're sitting pretty, you're feeling good, and then in the blink of an eye. Granted, Pittsburgh should have won that game by more points. Dan, you mentioned this in our group. They should have won by three touchdowns. Their offense looked – Baltimore has a great defense. Don't get me wrong. 
But Pittsburgh has to stop playing down to their opponents like they do every single week. They are not a 10-0 team right now. And I didn't mean to get on a rant about Pittsburgh in this. But that game... They're 11-0. They're 11-0. That, that game, I think, you know, similar, Matt, you, you know well, that Tennessee game, uh, you know, they've had a lot of games this year where they just, they, they either let teams back in or they just never are able to fully put them away. And they just have not impressed me. And it's like, they don't seem like an 11-0 team. When you've got Kansas City that has the one loss, they should be the perfect team because they're playing like a perfect team. Pittsburgh looks like they should be just one or two games over 500 fighting for a playoff spot in some of these games with how they look. So, didn't mean to get out of red about Pittsburgh, but, you know, they've got to, they've got to, they've got to kind of kick themselves in the butt because they're not playing like a, like an 11 0 team. And we're going to get into Pittsburgh, I guarantee it, because that's mm-hmm. one of the Monday night games. So, we'll save that for a little bit. So, if somebody has a Monday night play, again, because there are now, and, and the ridiculousness of the race. We got a Tuesday night. Is doing. I mean, you have two Monday night games now. You have a Tuesday night game now. It is it is just, it's bananas. But well, let's digress. Let's yeah. pull back for a second. You mentioned Trace McSorley. And I wish <laughs> that I had put him on the list of what we're about to do. Because of the ridiculousness of the Broncos last week. I mean, just I'm sorry, Matt. Like, that was bananas. Uh, Kendall Hinton. How, how, does anybody else have a serious problem with the NFL making up the rules about COVID as they go along. Well, you know, again, we're allowed to push Baltimore Pittsburgh because clearly they know they're going to get the eyes on it and they want to have Lamar in the game, even though he's not even healthy enough. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through every single hoop and jump that we have to, to make sure that gets on TV. Broncos, every single one of your, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just bring up a wide receiver from the practice squad. I mean, what like, no, that's, that's a great like, point though. It's inept. It's inept commissionering. It's in that, that team. I'm making my own clown shirts. No, no, you're right. I mean, that league has bent over backwards for Baltimore. It's I don't insane. Have I don't have a problem with what they did for Denver. I have a huge problem. They should have made Baltimore play on Sunday. And if they make them play Wednesday, they should be playing on Sunday this Sunday. It is yeah. absurd. Yeah, they're, you they're, either they're, have to give them every break they can. You have to treat yeah. either every team the same way in, in this kind of situation. Because, again, Denver should be playing on Tuesday. In all reality, Denver should have been playing on Tuesday this this week. They should. They yeah. should not have been forced to play with so, Kendall Hinton. I don't think so. Actually, I think what they did with Denver was fine. What they did, they said, "Look, we're not going to do the whole strategy thing." But the fact that they did that with Denver and then did what they did That's, with Baltimore, stick stick to the plan. Do it. Do it, either move every game that needs to be moved when players can't play, or you're playing on Sunday, and that's that. Don't don't be picking favorites here based on ratings because it's just going to piss people off. Right. It's just it's just like officiating. All you want is to be consistent, right? You just want if yes. you're going to throw the flag on that guy, throw the flag on that guy. Like you're going to push them back, push us back. Either one. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent But let's talk about the model of inconsistency for a second. I thought it was fun uh, seeing so many weirdo quarterbacks on Sunday that I thought it'd be a good exercise to do this really quick before we get into the picks. I want you to choose three of these quarterbacks that played last week on your roster. You get three of them to go. These are the quarterbacks that played last week of these three you can choose from. Mitchell Trubisky, Taysom Hill, Mike Glennon, Colt McCoy, Brandon Allen, Kendall Hinton, Nick Mullins, and RG3. And for gags, you can throw Chase McSorley in there. If there, if that changes anybody's thing, you can throw <laughs> Chase McSorley in if you want. Chris, let's start with you. Who? What three are you taking? 
You know, I think I got to take Taysom Hill based on just his gadget ability. I think that's just a benefit to the team no matter what. You know, even if he's not playing quarterback, throw him at tight end, throw him at running back, whatever. Taking Taysom Hill. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go bitch Trubisky. He's got the most NFL experience there. He's a guy I can trust more than uh, Brandon Allen uh, or a Colt McCoy. Um, and then when I was kind of looking at this list that you showed us, I was, I was, I was sort of torn. I was, I was, I was looking at either RG three or, or or Nick Allen, uh, or excuse me, Brent. Oh, it's, I thought it said Nick Allen. So I, I'm probably going to go again RG three because a lot of this is based on that they have that NFL experience. They've played in games. They've had some success. Uh, so uh, again, the options are not great here. No, give, me, give me Mitchie Tribbs. Give me Taysom Hill. Uh, and give me uh, yeah. You know, give me Nick Mullins over RG3. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an audible. We're taking Nick Mullins. And I think we're going to start the game. I think we're going to start the game with Mitch Trubisky. I think we're going to start out with him as the starter. We'll, we'll plug Taysom Hill in different spots. And then, you know, we can also put him in at quarterback and see what happens for a couple of plays. And then, and then if all hell breaks loose, uh, we'll have Nick Mullins take over as, as the quarterback as the game goes on. I'm not expecting that game to be close by any means. So Nick Mullins might get some playing time either way. This guy's like Sean Payton over here trying to play chess while we're all playing checkers. Matt, give me something. Well, I'm going straight for for just absolute dynamic of what we can do. So, yeah, we're going to start off with RG3, Heisman winner. He actually looked pretty – I thought he looked decent. Obviously, McSorley came in. I did only catch the first half of that game. So, when when he got benched for McSorley, I missed that part of it. So. He, he actually got hurt. He got injured. Oh, okay. Well, so. shocker. Uh <laughs> Um, so you got to go RG3 for, so he can play the first half and then he gets hurt. And then the second half, we're going to bring in uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Well, you got to have Taysom Hill. That's the number one pick, really. Uh, he's again, Like you said, he, he's not even the quarterback. He's just whatever you want him to be. And then you, you have to take the ever-mobile Mitch Trubisky, and you might just put him all in the backfield at once. We can line him in kind of a... A kind of a shotgun formation, and, and just you don't know where the ball is going. You have you have Mitch take the snap, and you have RG three behind him, and Taysom on the side. You don't even know what's going to happen. No, I love it's it. Like the, it's like what the Heisman backfield that Baltimore ran or exactly. whatever last year. Might be even better with Mitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> those strong words. Yeah, I've, I've, I listened to that for a second. I'm like, excuse me. Um, but... wait till he lights up the Lions this week. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Um, I went, I went with this. I went Taysom Hill number one, just because you can put him anywhere. Uh, I went, I actually wanted, wanted a guy that has like a lot of experience with like a journeyman that's going to like back up my quote unquote starter. So I actually ended up going with Colt McCoy here. Cause I just want a guy that just played in a bunch of different places, uh, has learned a bunch of offenses. People don't realize, listen, Colt McCoy started four years at Texas after Vince Young left. That's got to count for something at some point. And you've got him as a journeyman quarterback. He's got enough offenses. I'm going to go with Colt McCoy. I, I love this sales pitch. That's yeah. my sales pitch right there for you. Texas, he was good. And then um, I'm going to go – I love – I'm sorry. Like, as much – I think Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback than him, like, just talent-wise. But I hate the deer-in-the-headlights look that I get from Trubisky every single week. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Nick Mullins here. And I just love – like, you know what? Give me that Mississippi mudslinger. Just give that to me. That is not afraid to sling it in there, like like that, like like he's Brett Favre's son. You know what I mean? Like that's why I love Nick Mullins. Like I, as Nick Mullins won a game last week. By the way, shout out Nick Mullins winning me for the 49ers. Wins a game last week. He has no business winning. Like 
played like garbage, but just like made some plays. He just made a couple of plays here and there. So throw Taysom Hill in there a little bit. Nick Mullins the starter. Colt McCoy teach Nick teach Nick Mullins what to do. Uh, okay. Let's go and give you our records for the year. I hate to do this, Steve. Do we have to? No, don't. No, we do. No, we do. We have to let the people know. Matt, why don't you mute the mute the chat for uh, mute the chat for the next two minutes? There you go. Danny Redhots, thirty-two and twenty-six. Humble brag, doing amazing. Hey, great job. Thank you. <laughs> Super Chris, twenty-five, thirty-two and one. Room for improvement. Maddie Ice. 22-35-1 is about to go 5-0 and this week. I can feel it. Uh, I, it's a week-to-week league, guys. That's all it is. Uh, it's uh, a week-to-week. I, I said before, if we had a YouTube, I'd be wearing a paper bag over my head doing this show right now. I cannot be seen. I am disgusted. Fade me. Just fade the Iceman, please, at all at all means. Listen, fade listen, me. No, no gambler <laughs> left behind. No gambler left behind. That's the way it works. On this show, we are all friends. Let's go to the Sunday night game. Uh, this one is—I don't even know why it's on Sunday it's night. Really sure. I was Let's scrolling, go. looking for the game because the Broncos games are prioritized at the top of my thing, and I scrolled all the way down. I go, "There's no Sunday night game this week." I That's, go, I there's no way the I Broncos are find playing it. in prime time. Put well, Kendall Hinton in there if we're playing. If we're playing prime time, I want to see one completion on on Sunday Jerry, night. Just. Just throw it out the window. Put Jerry Judy back there. Somebody like just throw it out the window. Put somebody crazy back there at quarterback. Put John Elway no back way, in. There's no way any of these quarterbacks are surviving the rest of the year after their coach basically just destroyed them uh, in the press conference last week. I mean, terrible. But the Broncos somehow are playing on Sunday night at Kansas City. They're 14 point dogs. The over under is 50 and a half. Matt, this is your team. Give me a read. Uh, you you want to read? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so ever since Vic Fangio took over as head coach of the Broncos, um, so we've got three games in the in the record books there, zero uh, and three clearly, and the Chiefs have outscored the Broncos ninety six to twenty five in three that's pretty, games. That's pretty good. In three games, they have been scored outscored ninety six to twenty five. This game's an arrowhead. Uh, not too bad of weather, uh, but I think it's still you know still a tough place to play. If no fans, regardless of all this, and uh, the Chiefs head coach, who is much better than Vic Fangio, uh, Andy Reid. Ever since Andy Reid take over as, as the head coach, uh, including playoffs, Andy Reid playing an Arrowhead unders have gone 35, 21, and one. This is an ugly game. I don't think the Broncos score a damn. I think I think Drew Lock is just going to be ugly all over the place. Um, and then yeah, I get maybe Royce Freeman will get some t- quarterback time. So I'm going to take under 51. All the money's actually pushing towards the over. I've seen some some push up on it. I think that's kind of like a just a public. Oh, you know, Chiefs 51. That's a low. T- like I think 51. I think that's way too much for a game that involves the Denver Broncos that can't move the ball on offense. So yeah, under. under Pretty clearly under 50 and a half. Chris, give me one. All right, Matt. That's your first one or no pick so far. Yeah, All the way to five and zero. Oh. Um, Count my chickens. I do like your reasoning. That's also the reason why I like the Chiefs minus fourteen. This could be a thirty to ten kind of situation again. Not not that the Chiefs defense has been really you know absolutely phenomenal this year, but again, who's going to score any points for Denver? Like where are they going to get any offense? Last last week, obviously without any quarterbacks, they didn't do much. But even when Drew Lock has been under center, not to toot the Raiders defense at all because of how they looked on Sunday. But you saw what the Raiders defense 
as abysmal as it is, did to that Denver offense. And, and, and Kansas City still has a pretty solid defense. They're playing at home. They're up playing on prime time. They're going to be fired up. I don't see how Pat Mahomes doesn't throw for four touchdowns at 400 yards in this game. Give me the Chiefs minus 14 as much as it as much as much it pains me to pick the Kansas City Chiefs. I know I know it pains you. Um, Tyree Kill, his first quarter last week was absurd. Literally, I like I, I looked up and I just saw what two hundred and seven yards and three. Like it was like, what are we even? What are he, we doing? He got you a thousand fantasy points. Fifty-one <laughs> fantasy points this week against oh. me, and somehow I still won. No clue how it. Big ups. Big You're ups. probably one of like ten people. To beat play, the team with Tyreek Hill. play Tyreek Hill, yes. yes. Everybody who played Tyreek Hill probably lost. Imagine yeah. if you had Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry and Deshaun Watson last week. <laughs> Find me another person that won this week and played Tyreek Hill. You can't do it. Uh, this game, you know the Chiefs haven't covered in like three weeks, in four weeks? Like they haven't covered since the Jets game. They so I mean, do. It's so, like, I'm, I'm so, like, this is a tilt game for me. I hate it. I just, like, I'm overthinking it. Like, Broncos... You know, what I did was I was on waiting for the Zoom, and I got this big poster of Bob Dylan behind me. And I asked Bob, I said, Bob, like, what do I do? And Bob said, he said to me, he goes, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is Mahomes is going to win. That And that just came to <laughs> my head, and I am going with the Chiefs, minus 14. I, I can't pick, in good faith, the Broncos on the road, especially with the fact that they already piped them earlier this year in the snow in Denver. So this is the one team in the AFC West that just doesn't give the Chiefs problems. No. Nope. And, and it's going to be the Chiefs. So. Well, pick up your acoustic guitar and start plucking. You got a, you got a hit on your hands right there. I'm going to strum with old Bobby. <laughs> yeah. He's looking down on us, giving us win. You got you to you gotta get right after this. <laughs> um, let's go to the Monday night game. I'm going to let you choose from either of the two. Uh, the two games on Monday night, and I assume, I mean, you can choose the Tuesday night game if you want. I don't think anybody's going to because Lamar Jackson, we don't know if he's going to play or not, but we'll see. Um, choose one of the two. We have Washington at Pittsburgh at 5 p.m., a little, little happy hour Monday night. Uh, the Washington football team is nine-point underdogs. The over-under is 42.5. We also have Buffalo at the Arizona 49ers this week because they can't play in Santa Clara for the rest of the year. So the 49ers got to go to Arizona. Buffalo just came back from Arizona just a few weeks ago, cited a horrible, horrible death that they, they suffered. The line has moved dramatically in that game. That's a pick em game, Buffalo and San Francisco, and the over-under is 47. So I will ask Maddie, anything there in one of those eight possible combinations? Yeah, so I, I, I had a hard time... You know, we said we were going to get to Pittsburgh. I'm, like, dying to fade Pittsburgh because they are so due to just, you know, again, they, they look like crap kind of, like, week in, week out, and just keep winning. But, man, I just – I cannot take Alex uh, – Alex Smith is not going to ca- cover me eight and a half. I, I just have no faith in that. I mean, he, he probably he probably will. And anybody who has, who has the, the, the gall to stand with Alex Smith and hope that he's going to be able to, you know, two- and three-yard pass your way to beat the Steelers on that defense would be great. But I am going to go the other way. I'm going to take San Francisco. Um, hosting in Arizona uh, against Buffalo. I think Buffalo had a, a, a big win last week. Um, I mean, a, a big win, a.k.a. Anthony Lynn. Just how how does he have a job? Matt Patricia fired this week. Matt Patricia gone. 
Anthony yeah. Lynn is not only the dumbest man in the NFL, but possibly on the in the universe. It, maybe in the universe. It was sweet music to me on Sunday. Sweet music when he did what he did. It was beautiful. Absolute pea soup for brains. But um, I so yeah, I, I think Buffalo. They're feeling pretty high off that win. And like you said, they just kind of came. They're kind of you know tough travel schedule. And I think San Francisco's defense. They're healthy. Like we're, I, I think people might be stuck in that early season mentality where they were just decimated. Like they're still missing Jimmy G, obviously, but like Mullins is good enough, and I think that that defense is starting to play really well again, and they're playing a really good team yeah. effort. Um, so I'll, I'll take them at a pick them just to win straight up um, at home, kind of home. <laughs> at least they're out west, right? Um, okay, so Matt will put him down for San Francisco at pick them. Uh, you mentioned Washington and Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I have enough balls to ride with Alex Smith this week. Oh. I'm going to take Washington at plus nine. Uh, in fact, I think now, looking at Pittsburgh, they're 11-0, right? And I think the, the, the further you go down the line, it gets harder and harder and harder for you to just uh, – and having gone through it with the Patriots – Every week, I remember that late in the season, that Baltimore game, that Eagles game, like there were so many games where you're like, I don't know how they're going to win this game, and they found a way to do it. I, I don't see Pittsburgh going undefeated, and I think this week is your really only good opportunity because you're looking at the next couple of weeks. I was just looking at some of the look-ahead lines. Look-ahead lines for um, the Bills game is a pick em. Look-ahead line for the Bengals game is minus four. Look-ahead line for the Colts game is minus three. I think you're getting a ton of value on Washington this week in order to take them. And to be honest with you, look at Washington's defense. They're 12th in the league in rushing yards per attempt uh, given up. They're actually better than Pittsburgh in that category. They're top five in the league in yards per pass attempt given up. They're slightly behind Pittsburgh, who's number two. Um, I'm going to give Washington the benefit of the doubt here. And to be honest with you, I think because you're not going to get enough value, I'm going to sprinkle the money line and probably take Washington on the money line to upset Pittsburgh. I really am. I, I, I just feel at my bones. Washington has had 11 days to prepare for this game. Pittsburgh has had four. I mean, that is a hard, hard, hard thing to do. And I think Washington is getting hungry. And Washington's playing for something. It's not like they're not. They could get to first place. They can still make the playoffs. I'm going to roll with Chase Young making some big plays, and the rest of that defense, I'll take Washington plus the nine. And, and again, what a better time for the last undefeated team to go down than 5 o'clock on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you go into it, you know, because everybody, nobody is going to be betting on on, on Washington. I, I don't think. And actually, just looking at the money right now, I'm looking at the lines. If, if we follow the money correctly, this is, a, this is actually, wow, this is crazy. So it actually is a plus play now because earlier it wasn't but 69 percent of the bets and 68 percent of the money are on the washington football team wow um, that was not the case earlier today uh, most of the bets were on pittsburgh so um that kind of you know people apparently like washington this week so well I'm this line did open it did open at double digits digits so uh i think that has something to do with some of that there you go uh chris yes monday night it, monday night now I'll save this pick for later, but so I'll ride with I'm Radani. I'm riding with you on Washington. I, I think their defense right now this year has been one of the most underrated squads. Uh, I mean, of the entire NFL, they have a top, I think I believe top five defense. Um, 
They currently have a top five DVO ranked defense. Now, granted, Pittsburgh has the number one, uh, but I think because of that defense, especially with that emergence of Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin finally has a, a decent quarterback in Alex Smith uh, to be able to throw the ball to him. Uh, not that Smith is anywhere what he was, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, but he at least is, I can trust him to make smart decisions in the pocket. You're not worrying about Dwayne Haskins back there. Uh, so I think that that the Gibson Smith uh, Terry McLaurin kind of kind of three headed monster there, along with that really solid, especially front seven defense in, in Washington, can keep this game close. I don't see Washington winning this game, but I see them keeping it close, especially because how many times do we see again? I mentioned the, the amount of times Pittsburgh Steelers in the last ten years play down to their opponents. I, when was the last time we saw them win a game like thirty five to ten? It seems like they always let these teams creep back in, or they're just not able to pull away. Uh, when they need to. So I love Washington there at that, that eight and a half number, especially keeping it within that, you know, full touchdown. If you get the two point. $4 beers for everybody. Love it. I absolutely love it. Happy hour Monday night winner. That is coming through. I guarantee. Let's go to the top three picks of the week. These are the ones where you put it on the table, folks. So let's get after it. Number three, Chris Raza. Now, so I was originally going to pick this for my Monday night game. I'm going, so I was, I'm going with the Tuesday. I'm going with the Ravens minus seven. Uh, let me just get my notes back up here. Uh, I'm going with the Ravens minus seven against Dallas. And again, a lot of this is solely based on the play of Dallas. They looked absolutely gross against the Washington football team. I don't know what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott this year. It seems like right when he signed that contract, he just kept his hands dipped in. Uh, butter the entire season he seems like he loses one or two football uh, footballs a game their defense has been horrendous and i really think i mean if lamar jackson and jk Dobbins they all play in this game i think they could really tear things apart for the dallas cowboys and a lot of that is hinging on them playing um but give me give me the ravens i guess for my technically monday night pick uh minus seven but i do again like i said earlier, i love washington eight and a half but also give me the ravens there minus seven against them boys and if Lamar does not play? If Lamar does not play, I'll look like the biggest fool in podcast world. <laughs> All right, he's taking the risk. <laughs> hey, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? That's what That's it's true. all about. Or I'll just be sitting there laughing when, when the Ravens win 35-7. to 7. <laughs> There you go. Also, also to be fair, Baltimore has, again, a phenomenal – they have a very, very competent defense, especially with the coach, John Harbaugh, um, as well. So that, I think that bodes well if they can get it to at least a touchdown. Listen, they, they got to get right. That team has to get right. Matt, number three. Number three. Uh, so I, I, I'm debating this week. I'm trying to debate last week. Uh, I meant to bring this up at the beginning of the show. It was a huge dog week, 11-5 and five for the dogs. And I'm trying to debate if there's going to be a huge regression this week. But I think it might be a week for the bigger dogs and, like, the large number of dogs and the shorter favorites is what I'm thinking. So if we're going for a bigger dog, we're going to take one of the bigger dogs on the board. And we're going to grab the Philadelphia Eagles, the dog trash Philadelphia Eagles against the Green Bay Packers going into Lambeau. Because um, there's there's just a lot of trends on this game that I think and that really kind of popped my, you know, got my attention. If one, I mean, Green Bay's, Green Bay's you know, uh, offensive line's a little banged up. Um, so they've got some problems there. I think they're going to be able to get some pressure this week is what the Eagles do. And that's what is kind of a recipe for for getting to Rodgers is if you can actually teams that can actually get to him and, and actually get some pressure. They're, they're the number one team in the league this year, as far as him not being sacked. Um, and I think with a couple offensive line injuries and with that Eagles defensive front, hopefully they can get some pressure to him in this game. Um, and just some, some trends that came out here for me. Um, 
The Packers are uh, it, just a very strange set here. Packers 0-4 against the spread after a straight-up win this year. It's been they've when they win at home, they then do not cover the next game. They kind of end up like, you know, they're, they're winning most of those games, but they're not covering. Um, Green Bay's unders are 0-4 in December games in their last four. They just slow down in December. It's Kohler and Lambeau. And then this one is credit to Chris Raybon, which is this is the really one. you got to follow me here. It's a little bit long. The Eagles coming off of three straight straight-up losses. Teams that go 0-3 straight up against the spread. Uh, teams that go 0-3 next week against the spread are 170-123-9. That's a 58% return. That trend has gone 9-4 and this year. It gets deeper than this. He Chris Raybon goes to explain that he pulls up the quarterbacks that are most profitable in the system. Oh. Aaron Rodgers, 0-3 teams running into Aaron Rodgers that next week are 7-1 against him. Six of those games in Lambeau. The one team that did not cover that against the spread, who was coaching that game earlier this season? Daniel Quinn. We're taking the Eagles plus eight and a half. They know how to keep games close. They're not going to win. They're not going to be in the money line parlay because that's just throwing money away. But they're going to keep it close. Rodgers is going to be sleepy. They have nothing to play for, the Packers. The Packers are just waltzing in. They've got like the Lions next week. They got the easiest schedule for the rest of the season. They are going to waltz right into the into the playoffs. So give me the Eagles plus eight and a half. I love that pick. I mean, I absolutely. I as bad as the Eagles seem to be on Monday night, it was not the worst I had seen them. Now the coaching, the coaching was terrible, but you got to remember last year these are essentially the same two teams. Last year, the Eagles went in there and won. They won on a Thursday night. Yep. They went into Green Bay and they won. I have no problem taking the Eagles. I have no problem taking the Eagles' money line. I think this is a really, really good play for the Eagles here. I love that pick, Matt. I I get, really that. Just over, over touchdown dogs, I think that is just their spot. That's when you take this team. That's just the kind of team that they are. When As soon as they're dead, they're alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favored? Forget about it. Last, you know, last year, week one against uh, Washington – Yep. lose straight up kind of yep. thing. Like, that's just – they can't play as favorites. They can't play as favorites at all. Um, here's a team that can play as favorites. I know that this is looking like this game – you talked about short favorites, maybe it being a week for them. I'm going to take one here, and I'm going to take one that I think is definitely a public play, but I think that it is the smarter play because I don't understand why – it appears that the Sharps like the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't get it. I'm baffled by it. I think what the Falcons did last week was a complete anomaly in their season because I think the Raiders were the most uncharacteristic Raiders game I've ever seen. They turned the ball over five times. The offensive line was really bad in that game, and that's not the normal for them. Exactly my point. I just think... We talked about this last week with the Raiders, which is why, Matt, thank you for giving me, you know, Simon Hunter's tweet about favorites and all that. And the Falcons were one of those teams that were like, or the Raiders were one of those teams that were like 70% of the money was on them. So, and the Falcons, I, we talked about it last week. We said, this is, I love the Raiders, but I feel like this is a trap game. And it was, it was an absolute trap game for them. And I think this week they got, they, they kind of, you know, slept off through that game and the Falcons had a great week. But the Falcons offense, watching that game, they are a walking 
breathing, living, flying field goal on offense. That's what they are. They cannot score in the red zone. It is like atrociously bad watching them try to play football in the red zone. Young Wei Ku deserves a pay raise out the wazoo. I mean, he's uh, like, and he missed a kick in the game. Like, I'm sitting there watching this. It's nine to three, end of the first half, and Matt Ryan has to float up a random ball, and Calvin Ridley catches that touchdown pass, and that broke the game open right at the end of the half. And then Deion Jones pick six. I mean, it was like the most uncharacteristic game ever. And we just saw this game with the Saints and the Falcons. We just saw this game two weeks ago, and the Saints won by two touchdowns. I get it. They're coming back, and maybe Atlanta has a better read on Taysom Hill. But I just don't – nobody's playing better defense right now than the New Orleans Saints. They have given up in the last four games one touchdown. One. That's it. This is a no-brainer to me. This is New Orleans minus two and a half. I'll take it every day and twice on Sunday. No, I, I like that. I think I think you you hit the the nail on the head. I think it's Taysom Hill. That's what's ringing the bell for everybody saying we've got to fade Taysom Hill. People, I think people have been fading Taysom Hill since he started. You know, he since he got the starting role with with, and that's just people are just refusing to believe that. But it's it's the defense. It's they're gonna do. Peyton is gonna have tricks up his sleeve and all over the place, and, and he's gonna you know figure it out and piece it together. But the defense is gonna keep them in the game. I completely agree. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this game. I'm saying. They just won by 14 against the same exact team. It's the same exact game in a dome. You got the the freaking stadiums are the same name for crying out loud. Mercedes-Benz Dome. I mean, they're the same. Like, it's incredible what the similarities are to this game. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think people are afraid of Taysom Hill. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be great. But it'll get the job done. I think it's a, one of those get the job done. New Orleans covers this number. I mean, I just I don't see it why Atlanta is a sharp play this week. But I could be wrong. I, I don't know. Um, let's go to number two, Matt. Number two for me. Oh man, I'm so in between a couple games here. <laughs> all right. We're going to, th- yeah. All right. Well, I'll mention if anybody else mentioned this later, we're going back to the dogs. That's the thing. Now I have my theory, but I'm kind of going against my theory. We're going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus Ooh. three at home against the, uh, playing actually in Arizona, their, their rifle home stadium, uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the Rams have absolutely owned the Cardinals in recent history amongst these two teams. Uh, I believe they are uh, uh, 6-0 and 1 against the spread in their past seven games. Um, but the Cardinals are another one of these teams similar to the Eagles, a kind of you know late season buy low spot. Um, Cardinals, two straight losses. Um, and this is such a volatile public betting team because people love betting on Kyler Murray, but then he does things where he just like rips your heart's heart out. But then he also you know, wins you. Well, actually, no, anybody who bet on, unless they took the money line, they didn't win the, the Hail Mary week. I forgot about that. So he didn't even, he didn't even help you out there, but, uh, Oh, and two straight up Arizona, the past two, Oh, and four against the spread and their last four. Um, and they are five, one in one as a dog, uh, in their last seven games. So all those things to me point that I should be taking Arizona, um, this is the NFC West. All of these games are super close. All of the divisional games that the Rams play are super close. They've gotten beat by the 49ers twice this year. Uh, I'm trying to think, what's their what's their season series at with the Seahawks, the Rams, right now? They are... The Rams, I believe, won the first game. I yeah, so one, one game. I feel like, I just think they're going to, I don't know, I, th- these divisional games in this in this division are always super close. Um, 
And another reason is that Arizona blitzes a ton, and I think they're going to get they're going to be in Jared Goff's grill. Um, all of the Rams' losses this year have been against top team, uh, top ten teams as far as blitz rate. Uh, the amount of times that they're calling blitzing, and Arizona ranks number four um, in, in that category. Um, San Francisco, a top ten team, obviously lost twice to them. And just Jared Goff, when he has pressure, he absolutely falls apart. Um, so I'm going to take the Cardinals here. This is not really a, I'm not really following any money here. Uh, the bet right now. Uh, Cardinals getting 44% of the bet, 34% of the money. So I'm kind of going opposite here. Um, but I think I'm waiting maybe if this line goes up. Hey, I guess the line's not going to go up because people are hammering Arizona at the plus three already. Um, this is definitely one you want to get in early rather than later because by game time, this is going to be two and a half. No, I, I like it. I think you have to fade the Rams. Uh, they're both two teams coming off of big wins. Or, I'm sorry, big losses, uh, important losses. Um, I would take the Cardinals as well. I completely agree with you. Chris, number two. Number two. My number two and my number one, I'm on kind of a similar confidence level. Not that not too necessarily high, but honestly too low. Um, so I'm gonna I'll save the more interesting one for the last. So my second one, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks with the big the big favorite, minus ten over okay. the New York Giants. Um, again, I just don't trust Colt McCoy to be able to put up a lot of points and they don't have much of a running game going on in the Giants. I know their defense has gotten significantly better. But I think this is one of, going to be one of those real games that puts the Seahawks back on the map with Russell Wilson. And I just I, I don't see how the Giants keep this game close. Um, you know, I know the Giants have been solid and they're fighting for the division, but I just uh, something inside of me is telling me Seahawks minus 10 that they just can blow the, blow the doors off this team and kind of remind people who the Giants really are. Yeah, and you know what else, Chris, is that we don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. It might be. I, be uh, that's, I have a feeling Colt McCoy is going to be under center uh, for for the New York Giants this this Sunday. So I, I just uh, I I I know you guys love the board this week. I was not a big fan, but I was just thinking Seahawks have got to blow the doors off this team, especially if, if Colt McCoy is under center. You would think that they would at some point like be able to like okay one we got to have a week where we're actually blowing teams out they haven't done that in a while so we kind of are looking for seattle i i don't hate this pick i don't hate it especially i just don't know who's playing quarterback and that's why it's a stay away game for me so big big fan of seattle and teasers this week yes that's a good one big fan of seattle and teasers there you go that's a freaking super uh i just pick them oh my god preview um just as I faded the Falcons, I will come right back and buy low on the Raiders. I love the Raiders this week at the Jets. This is a revenge game. Chris remembers this well. Chris, you were supposed to be at this game, weren't you last year? We were. Me and my dad were going to the game, and I think we were waiting to get tickets because the weather was crap. And we we went to a good old. We ended up going to the Sound Tigers game last week. We had the nice box. Yeah. I think courtesy of Matt. Uh, with with the box at the Sound Tigers game, which is a lot of fun. Uh, remember when we could go places and do things, and that was all fun. And, and then, yeah, me and my dad were supposed to go to that game, and then we decided not like it's crappy, whatever. We should win that game. It should be a blowout. Fine, we'll just we'll just chill at home and not you know get soaked and be cold. Um, and I remember, I think as we were like standing in line to go into to Webster Bank Arena, the game was going on. It was getting absolutely shellac. So Dan, I love the that this. Especially coming off of that loss to Atlanta, Derek just Derek Carr just had a beautiful big girl. He's he was pissed <laughs> off at himself and the team, his teammates for the for how they presented themselves 
uh, in that game against Atlanta. So, Dan, you're exactly right. I think this is a huge revenge game. This is it. I mean, this is the revenge game of the year. They won three in a row last year, and then they got shellacked by the Jets. The Raiders before last week had been scoring 31 points like it was cream puffs. I mean, it was ridiculous. And what better way to avenge a 43-6 loss than to go play the freaking Jets? I mean, that this one, it opened at 7.5. I immediately grabbed it because that 7.5 number was just to scare a bunch of people off that 7.5 number. And what happened? Went up to 9. So I'm okay with it going to 9. I'm comfortable. As long as it's under 10 points, I am totally fine with taking the Raiders here. I think this is a absolute, like, have to have a huge bounce back game for Derek Carr and the Raiders. It does give me pause that Josh Jacobs has been a little bit banged up and not practicing, but the Jets stink against the pass, and I think this is where the Raiders are really going to exploit them. Also, Devontae Booker has really been pretty solid in, in the series that he's taken over for Jacobs. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Dan, uh, you'll see that I agree with this later on. Well, I mean, I don't see how you couldn't. I mean, take, take, he's a man of conviction, this man. That's true. Um. Here we go. Number one, Chris Raza. Take it away. Well, might as well go with the Raiders minus nine against the Jets. How about that, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, again, I think this is – I wrote in my notes this is a get-right game for the Raiders. Um, they are not the team that you saw on Sunday. To me, when I was sitting there watching that game against Atlanta, I was talking to my dad. I was like, that looked more like, like classic like 2007 Raiders just everything that could go wrong went wrong, and then they also added penalties on top of it. I also want to say that roughing the kicker penalty was absolutely atrocious. The guy got blocked into him and rolled into him, and it was a stupid call, but that's besides the point. Um, no, I mean, are we forgetting how bad the Jets are, people? The Jets are, are the worst team in football and could go down as one of the top three or four worst teams ever to play the game of football right now. Um, I cannot expect that offensive line to have a similar performance they had last week. They, are, they have too much talent on that line to play like they did last week. And I know, again, like I said, Josh Jacobs, it, you know, it might also almost be better if he doesn't play this game and doesn't hurt himself further and just let Devontae Booker get the mo- the majority of the carries. And again, I think this is that game. Derek Carr is going to be pissed off, and I think he's going to he's gonna look like how he has all year. Um, so I said this, this I'm hoping because God, I could use a 35-3 to win from the Raiders. God, that would, that would feel good. That would be good. Oh, that would be fantastic. I agree with you. I would, I would love the Raiders to win by 35 points here. Um, number one for me, I mean, I don't think you can have in the history of football, in the history of organized sports, I have never seen a coaching mismatch like I will see in Los Angeles on Sunday. Not <laughs> Anthony Lynn versus Bill Clutch. <laughs> like, it's laughable. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. Like, it's it's laughable how ridiculous this line. I mean, I I get it because like you know the Patriots and they just won a tough game and you know Cam has been terrible. The Chargers. I'm so, like, what are we doing? I get it. They had a talent. They're bad, man. They're bad. They're one step up from Jets, Jags, Bengals. Those are the three teams they've beaten this year. Those are the three teams. By the way, they only covered against one of those teams, just for your information. Uh, Eight of their opponents have rushed for 100 yards or more. And those opponents 
have been the 23rd, 14th, 18th, 19th, and 25th, um, that's just five of the opponents, in rushing efficiency this year. The Patriots are third in that category. They can't stop the run. The Patriots, God help them, run the football. I mean, run the football and you win. Force the, you got a rookie quarterback. I mean, am I nuts? Like, am I crazy? Every time, and I don't care what it is, if the Chargers are within three points in any direction, favored or or underdogs or what have you, I'm taking the other side because there's no way in hell I'm taking Anthony Lynn in a spot where they have to win the game at the end of the game. The situational football is unsituational. Patriots minus one to take it to the bank. Are you nervous at all about Air Herbert versus your anemic secondary? No, no. In fact, you know something too. Stephon Gilmore has been playing a lot better this year. In fact, if you actually look at the numbers, he's had a better year this year than he did last year. Uh, winning Defensive Player of the Year. They put him on Keenan Allen. I think, look, he did a good job against DeAndre Hopkins last week. Listen, I'm not telling you the Patriots are going to the playoffs. I'm not telling you that they have a path. You know, obviously, mathematically, they do. I'm just saying they're beating the, the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. That's all I'm saying to you. Not not too bold of a statement. Not too bold of a statement, I don't think, Matthew. All right. Give it to me. Number one, Matthew, Matthew Stilbreth, lay it on me. The, the fifth winner. The, yeah, the fifth winner of the week, the final one, the last one to put the nail in the coffin. And we are going to go visit my favorite team in the NFL. And they're getting hot, boys. They're getting hot. They're not letting me down anymore. We're taking the Tennessee Titans, and we're laying five and a half because the Cleveland Browns are frauds. And there's not going to be torrential downpour in this game. And there's not going to be 20-mile-an-hour wins in Cleveland. It's not going to be a, a 10 to 6 affair. I think that the Titans, they're hitting, they're hitting their stride at the same point that they did at the end of last year. In December last year, they were on a run of, of 30 points a game, 40 points a game. They've put up. 423 yards against Baltimore two weeks ago, 449 yards against Indianapolis last week, two of the top defenses in the league. This team is getting red hot. And then their defense in the past two weeks since the bye week has been playing much better. I, I, I was I kept waiting all year for Vrabel to get this defense right. He's too good of a coach to let his defense be as bad as it was all year. Um, they've done a good job. They, they didn't let up too many rushing yards to Baltimore. They were, I mean, obviously, you know, last year's playoffs, they kind of have – you know, that down, but they only let up 70 yards um, to the running back position that game, uh, and, and Lamar had the other 50. Um, so only 120 yards to them rushing. Indianapolis, they kind of cleaned the floor with them last week with all the injuries they had. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – I love Tennessee here. Um, and, and the Browns, 1-10 against the spread in their last 11 road games. Get out of here. These guys stink. Their defense is horrible. I think Baker's going to be having problems all day. And that's the other thing, too. It's just – it's Mike Vrabel versus Baker Mayfield. Like if they're not going to be able to lean on the run all day long, like they want to with Kevin Stefanski and just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I think the Titans get up early and they're going to force Baker to have to throw. And he's going to be, I mean, he looked so bad last week with some of his throws. He looks, he looks horrible out there. So give me Tennessee minus five and a half. Please don't let me down again. <laughs> okay. So this game was, if I could have a fourth, this would be on it. I mean, this is, this is Tennessee all the way for me because the the line opened actually at three and a half. And most books and most pro lines and a lot of the people I'm seeing and reading around the country 
saying that's about right. Three and a half is about right. And immediately, bang, it was at five and a half points. I think it's roughing around six now, five and a half, six is moving in between. Somebody knows something about this game. Somebody in the desert knows something. And I think the Titans of the play, I've said it all year long, if you listen to me on, on Gene Gunn's show, the Browns are ninth grade bullies. They go back to the middle school. They try to get the lunch money. And you know what's happening now? The eighth graders are getting a little bigger. And you know what? It's getting a little tougher for the Browns to beat up on all these eighth grade teams. You know what I'm saying? And they're actually playing pretty well. Guess what? This week there's a junior coming in, and he wants your money. He's going to stuff you in a locker. The Titans, O'Doyle rules. Titans love that one. I, I think I think this could be an ass-kicking. I actually think I, – I think what, what people know in the district is that – is again just the Browns have played these very strange games. I don't. We haven't been able to see them play a football game. They've been playing in these ridiculous conditions of like again twenty mile an hour winds and raining sideways. Like, uh, I, you know, where they could just run the ball and sit on it all the game long. Like, you make Baker have to throw and go against the top red zone def- uh, top red zone offense in the league. Yeah. No, Ask I'm it. down. I am. I'm right there with you, my friend. Love the Titans. I actually took them at minus six. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, other other side of my Seahawks tees. That's my special tees of the week. Seahawks Titans. Give me that. Love that. Love that. Um, before we get to the uh, specials, any leans other than your picks, Chris Raza? Anything for you? You know, not really. I mean, you you heard I just didn't really like the board. I, I do like that Arizona pick with Matt, and I really do like uh, what was it? The Eagles at plus eight and a half. Uh, the Saints and uh, the Patriots. Um, you guys did a lot, a very good sales pitch on those to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping just all I'm looking for. I'm hoping just the Raiders just beat up on the Jets on Sunday. That's all I'm. That's all I'm looking for. He's a true yeah. fan. It's a true fan of the black hole. Matt, any links? <laughs> yeah. So my my fourth game that I almost threw in there outside of the um the Eagle, uh, the, the the Cardinals game was going to be Indianapolis over Houston. Um, but, I again, I, I swore off Phillip Rivers on this show earlier in the year, so I couldn't give it officially. I still might be there on Sunday. Um, this is one that's just getting – I mean, they're getting all of all of the action. 69% of the bets, 90% of the money um, on Indianapolis. And I think it comes down – think about the coaching man. you get got Frank Reich versus Romeo Cornell. And, 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 you know, Indianapolis coming off of a loss – I got a ton more, a ton more trends in this game. Trend guy this week. Um, uh, but what scared me off this game was the Indianapolis offensive line. Costanzo probably not going to play the left tackle, and their center Ryan Kelly also dealing with a neck problem. Um, but Indianapolis five and zero in the division in their last five. They are five and zero after they get beat by fourteen points or more because Frank Reich just gets the team right, gets them out, makes those quick quick fixes, and they're six zero and one. Against the spread in their last seven, following a double-digit loss uh, at home, so six zero and one against you know I mean I just it, the numbers are right there, but again Philip Rivers scares me, and then the offensive line scares me. But Houston, everybody's doing Brian Cushing's drugs. Everybody's taking Brian Cushing's magic drink, a uh, special drink, and uh, drinking the water. He, he spiked the <laughs> he spiked the Gatorade cooler, and uh, now everybody's getting caught with PEDs. I mean they have no Will Fuller, no Kenny Stills, and no Randall Cobb. What's Deshaun Watson going to do? I don't know. I, 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 you're going to have to get Jose Canseco to come play wide receiver. Will Fuller really got me 32 points for my fantasy team, and that's it. Bye. <laughs> uh, Bradley Roby also out. Uh, yeah. The corner. So, I mean, that's that's what's weird. Like, normally I'd be all over the Texans as soon as I saw that line. 
because I'm like, oh, divisional home home underdog, like perfect. And then that news came out, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, staying away from that. Uh, I don't hate the Minnesota Vikings ten and a half this week. I think Jacksonville has just been like, you know, doing things that are unusual. And one of the reasons I think the Vikings struggled last week uh, and barely won. Yeah, is because Adam Thielen was out, and I and I think him coming back will really help him. Jacksonville, I didn't realize this. Jacksonville has like their top three or four corners all out. I mean, it's insane that they're even surviving. Um, I don't hate. It's a huge number. I don't hate that, and and I also don't hate. It's not one that I'm going to take. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be on Minnesota. Um, Miami minus eleven and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I, how much are the Bengals scoring this week? Uh, especially down in South Florida where it's like, you know, I'm a big believer in those Northern teens coming down South in December and not being able to keep up with the heat. Um, But I love the Eagles. I'm probably going to be on the Eagles and probably on the Eagles money line. I'm probably going to be on Arizona. Um, I almost said, I almost said Chicago, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That game's gross. I know. I, I, I looked right at the bears but then you've got the other side, the fired coach, which which I've been on twice this year with the fired coach trend. So I can't go against that trend. That's worked for me. But like, but Mitch owns the Lions. Mitch does own the Lions. If we're gonna say one thing, I'm actually not joking. He's gonna throw five touchdowns again this week. Um, so get ready for the Mitch show. Uh, but I, I don't yeah, hate, I don't hate him. But like, I need to know that Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift are not playing, and then I would be possibly on the Bears. I, I am 100% with you on that. Yeah. Um, let's do a little exercise before we get to the specials. Guys, if you're going to Vegas and you're cashing a ticket or anywhere, New Jersey or Pennsylvania, one of those, and you're cashing a ticket for the AFC and NFC champion, who are you cashing, Matt? So cashing, so you're saying who would we who would we take a future on right now? Or yeah, who would you or, take a future on right now? Oh, okay. So who are we buying a ticket on? I'm sorry, um, I, buying. Yeah. Um, so... AFC, I mean, so the AFC, you've got all the value in that. It's just it, because of the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are, are are kind of ruining the curve for everybody else because they're pretty much like the favorite. But it just there's some teams there, and it's like, well, if the, the Chiefs don't make it, there's some good stuff. The team I just said is getting red hot, the, the Titans, 11-1. to 1. I love that. I, I think I love the Titans in this spot. And then a team that I think is playing really well, and they just got to get their quarterback right, and they got to get back healthy, is the Ravens. The Ravens, who we loved at the beginning of the year, they're seventeen to one right now. They're thirty-four to one for the Super Bowl. Thirty-four to one, the Baltimore Ravens. You tell me this team doesn't get in. I, that's the thing. I mean, they have to do. Still have to make it in. They're not a shoo-in by any means. They're still behind Cleveland. Um, but they get in, and Lamar's healthy. I mean, their defense and Harbaugh and their experience. I mean, I, I think that they can make a run. So uh, that's my AFC, and then two for the NFC. The safer one would be Seattle plus four hundred. I think that's still. I'm surprised that they were that high. Um, and I still like the Bucks at plus seven hundred. I'm not going to count out. Not going to count out the team with that defense and, and that much experience at the quarterback position. God, I just I don't know. Like that team just seems like they are. The, the spotlight is too big for them. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I know Brady. It's not too big for him. It's the rest of the team. I, mean, I think it's I, I think it's Arians and the coaching staff. It that that is a mess. What's going on down there? Chris, give me a ticket for the NFC and the AFC. Yeah, you know, uh, Matt made a good point. The AFC is a little tough just with Kansas City's kind of the, the team to look at, you know, with the Steelers. Um, you know, he mentioned the Titans, which I love, and even the Bills. You know, the Bills have, have played pretty solid this year. And if someone can knock off the Chiefs, and if someone, hell, the, the, the 
Bills might be one of the few teams that could keep up scoring-wise with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and I believe the Bills, uh, what I'm looking at right now, they're at 10-to-1 odds. Um, so I like the Bills, and I, like Matt said, I love the Titans as well. I think, I think they're another team that's kind of really just starting to get hot at the right moment here. And then when you flip things over onto the NFC side of the ball, uh, you know, I, I, the Packers there at 4-1 to one isn't too bad. But I, uh, on the other side, instead of the Bucks, I like the Rams at 7-1. to one. You know, they've been there before. McVay and Goff have both been there before. They have a really solid defense, obviously, Aaron Donald leading the way. And as long as you're playing a team that doesn't rattle golf, golf too much and kind of throw and you know get involved, you know break up that scheme that McVeigh has set out. Uh, the Rams have looked pretty solid this year, and they beat that Bucks team earlier in this year. Um, but I like I like the Rams there, and you know like I said the Seahawks at, at, at you know get, at plus four hundred is pretty solid. Um, and I don't know if I would touch the Saints right now. I don't think you can touch the Saints, but I am right there with you with the Rams. I think the Rams have the least amount of flaws of any of the teams left. I mean, Seattle is getting a lot better. I, they make me nervous. Rams beat Seattle. They beat, uh, they beat Tampa. I mean, to me, I think the Rams are dangerous because of their defense. If their defense keeps them in games. Uh, they've been efficient defensively. They've got a ridiculous corner and, a ridi- and the best player in football on their defense. It's all golf, though. It's all on golf. Like, if if he shows up every week, and he's done it before. I'm like, listen, they've done it before. And I hate saying, though, they've done it before. It's a COVID year, blah, blah, blah. Like, I still think the Rams have the best value at 7-1, to one. like, to me. I would also take maybe a flyer on the Seahawks. The AFC, listen, I, I'm taking the team that is the only team – to challenge the Chiefs, and that's the Raiders. I mean, I, I would take the Raiders. Oh, don't get my hopes up here, Danny boy. I, don't I, do this to me. I, I love <laughs> the Raiders. I mean, I know their defense is not great, but they're the. If, if, I'm going to bank on they're the only team that has challenged the Chiefs this year in a serious way. And two times. Two times. And if you can do that, you can go to the Super Bowl. So I take them, and I love Matt. I, I, I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens are at the lowest you're ever going to get them, so why not? I mean, throw a bone to them. That's our Super Bowl pick, man. You can't give up on them that easy. Uh, Ravens, they got to go on the road. It might be better for them to uh, have this kind of adversity. You know what I mean? Like, I think for them, they need to get past. They can't just be the best team in the league. Like, last year, that really didn't work out for them. Now people really doubt them. And now we're going to see what Lamar is really made out of. I would love to take the Ravens at 13-1 to because they can play defense and they have a dynamic enough offense to where anything can happen to them. And, happen. you know, I think when it comes to the, to the Ravens is, is – I'm going to sound like a, a wild man saying this, but I think playing this way, this part of the season, could almost benefit them if they get into the playoffs – in the sense that last year they had all the pressure on them, they had all that pressure. Lamar had all that pressure. Well, I think if you if they get the playoffs this year, they're not going to have the same kind of pressure. People aren't really going to expect that much out of them with how they've played in the regular season. So that could even benefit them. Now, now if they get into that AFC championship, AFC championship game, things could get a little crazy. Um, but not having that intense pressure that they had on them last year because of how they played, I think could could be a benefit. Call me crazy, but it could help them out this year. 
nobody's calling you crazy. We just all said it. So yeah. <laughs> I might just go cash a ticket right now or, or t- put a ticket right now. <laughs> Can I cash this ticket right now for I the money, please? I keep saying cash this ticket like an idiot. Um, <laughs> specials of the week. Chris, give me your yes. super, super of the week. Now, I've got actually two ideas for you. I have one that I put together from your picks this week, you two guys' picks this week, and then the one that I had going into it that I actually have a teaser on. Um, so I'll give you the one that I had going into the show right now. That's the San Francisco 49ers at plus 11. Okay. The Detroit Lions at plus, I think if I know the math right, 13. And same thing with the Arizona Cardinals at plus 13. All games that I like to just stay close as a whole – Plus, with that, uh, you know, you're getting, you know, that couple of field goals with the Lions and the Cardinals, and you're over a touchdown, obviously, with the 49ers. Now, what I also would love is a couple of games that you guys had throwing that into a teaser or a super. Take the Patriots, get that to uh, six and a half or to ten. Take the Saints, you tease them into an underdog. And then you take the Eagles, and if you put that in a super, you get that at plus 18 and a half. Or you add a couple another six and a half points uh, for the teaser if you just go that route. So those I like my official super is the first one I gave you, but I also like teasing those other teams uh, with, the, with the Patriots, Saints, and Eagles as well. No, no Seattle, no Seattle down to a. Pick. No, I know, I know uh, Seattle. It's uh, every week that I love Seattle, they hurt me, and every week that I don't love Seattle, they pull it out. Um, no, uh, <laughs> they hurt me again. But again, so Patriots, Saints, Eagles. Uh, is a good one, along with the 49ers, Lions, Cardinals, I think, as well. Or how to take a weird combination of those two. But the first one I gave you is the official Super of the Week. That sounds like a six-team, seven-point teaser in my mind right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to get crazy. Um, now, can you round robin a teaser? No. Chris, Chris was Chris was diving into the world of round robin. Well, I was diving into the world of round robins last week. Chris was like, I, What's I, was, I was dipping my toe in. I was testing the waters. Um, we we but, tossed we tossed money line dogs around last week like they were two uh, two dollar bills. He was he was trying to shoot fish in a barrel, man. <laughs> yes, cow. yes. <laughs> I love the texts I get every Sunday. They are hilarious. Um, my uh, Danny survivors a uh, loser last week. I mean, w- listen, we're gonna keep giving them out to you, but uh, the, such a trap game for Vegas. Hopefully, you all listened to Matt and took the Giants. I mean, just a terrible terrible job by me. Uh, this week, I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings, playing Jacksonville, get-right game. They're 10.5-point favorites. They're at home. Thielen is back. Uh, I think you got to take Minnesota here. They're, I mean, they may not cover, but I, I think they're going to cover, to be honest with you. But um, I'm going to take the Vikings as my survivor pick of the week. Okay, guess what? Matt, uh, you know, Matt went 0-5 last week, but he hit the magic money line parlay. And it was magical. It was easy. I mean, that was like the easiest. It was all a wash. It was all a wash. Yeah, yeah just wash away the sins. Just wash away the sins. You are forgiven, my friend. Give me Maddie's magic money line parlay. All right. So the first team that we're locking in is 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 the dog, uh, the shorter dog. I gave out on the show already. We're gonna take the Cardinals at a nice plus one thirty on the money line. Again, I just I just think home team. Those games are super close. They're just playing so good in that division this year. And then we're going to give you a little create your own path because we it's two teams that we've already said in the show. And we did this the last or the first time that the money line parlay hit and we hit it a bunch of different ways. So we're going to do that again, I think, this week because we're going to, again, we're going five and oh. So might as well go seven and oh, right? Uh, so we're going to take the Cardinals and pair them in one parlay with the Eagles because I wasn't going to do it. And then Dan talked me into it. Dan said, We're taking the Eagles. I love it. We're taking the Eagles plus 
320. So that's a plus 860 parlay. And we also have another plus 320 team, and that's the football team against the Steelers. We are going to fade the Steelers. We have to get something going against the Steelers every week until the end of the season because they're not going to go 16 and 0. Actually, that's now that I see, bet money line, money line uh, against the dog going into the Steelers for the rest of the season. No, like they're yes, not going to go 16 and 0. I was going to say that. I was just going to say you have to now. Now you have to. Yeah. So we're going to do that. So they're both plus 860 parlays. I mean, we'll be we'll be we'll be dancing on the moon if that happens. Can we can we put can we put them all? Are we just gonna round robin all three of those teams? <laughs> what I would do in that situation would probably be Cardinals money line, football team money line, Eagles spread. That's what I would do if I, if we were doing okay. three. Because because again, certain places that we know don't let you put more than two dogs in a parlay because they're they're afraid they're afraid we're gonna take them for all they're worth. Okay, okay, that's fair. So and uh, you know what. Why don't we do it specially? Can we put that in as the money line parlay and just pull asterisk this week? We can throw an asterisk. All right, yeah, just you know, create your own. We can just get, can I just give out two 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 teamers? Let's just do yeah, that. Absolutely. Two two teamers. Two two teamers. There we go. Arizona, Washington, Arizona, Philly, and Arizona, Washington, and Philly Dan, money. Dan's, Dan's always trying to throw a third into my parlay. He always <laughs> takes my parlay and he throws something else in there because he can't he can't help himself. He wants the value. I have to. I have to have it. Gentlemen, this was a really weird week. I thought we did a great job on this show, and I feel really good about going into it. I feel like it's a, it's a get-right week for you guys. I can feel it for you guys, and uh, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us on the Sunday card. Week 13 in the books, as always. You can listen to us on Sports Country Radio. That's at sportscountry.net. That is at 11 a.m. It is at 3 p.m. It is at 5 p.m. on Saturdays. And if you miss all three of those shows, don't worry. You can listen to us on Sunday at 11 a.m. And if and guess what? I'll put it out on Spotify. We'll put it out on Spotify for you. All before this stuff happens, you can listen to it anytime you want. Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's all there, black and white. Follow us on Twitter, at The Sunday Card, to catch up on all of our picks. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, I am personally going to do it. I now am going to put up my picks on my own on my own um, Twitter that I'm going to put up, like the ones that I don't take on the show, so you can follow along with that too. Because I have the big board here, and I feel like if I can get more transparent with you. So if you guys want to do that, that is cool with, uh, with you guys too. So you can follow me, find all of our Twitter handles on at the Sunday card, and we will definitely share stuff with you. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, for Chris Rada, I'm Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday card. <laughs>